I grew up in Newton, Iowa. Anybody know where Newton, Iowa is? Bet you do. Right there on the interstate just outside of Des Moines, right? Back in the day, it was a town of about ten to 15,000 people. I don't think it's that big anymore since Maytag moved out, but it was a good place to grow up. Um, but my favorite childhood memories didn't occur in Newton, Iowa. They actually occurred in Grinnell, just outside of Grinnell on my uncle's farm. There on my uncle's farm, uh, I learned to drive tractors and bale hay and castrate pigs, right? It's like a, a, a boy's favorite childhood memory right there. I don't know about girls, but it was for me, okay? I'm just, what's fun? Um, anyway, when I was the, in the spring of my 15th year, my uncle, who's owned the farm, calls me up and he says, Craig, how would you like to come and spend the entire summer with me on the farm? I may have shared this story with you before, or parts of it. And uh, you see, my, my cousin Rick was three years older than me, and he was my uncle's kind of right-hand man. But that summer, he had been given the opportunity to apprentice with an electrician, which meant my uncle was needing some help, so he called me, and I jumped at the chance. Now, as I look back on it now, I realize I'm not sure I was really that much help because I didn't have any idea what a farmer does. Um, But because I grew up in Iowa, I did know some things about farming. I bet you did too. Whether you grew up in town or on the farm, I bet you know these things. For example, I bet you know that this truth, that the farmer, a farmer is a steward of the land. And the farmer is only as good a farmer as the land that he stewards oftentimes. For example, if you've got a farm that's covered with good old Iowa uh, black topsoil, you can grow almost anything. If you have a farm that's uh, mostly clay and rocks, you got your work cut out for you. You understand that. If you grew up in Iowa, you probably know that just because you grew up in Iowa, right? Because Iowa, the culture which is Iowa, whether you grew up in town or in the country, is agricultural, agrarian, kind of rural. We just know those things in Iowa. Now, I share that with you today because... Um, that truth is, forms kind of the basis of the parables that Jesus teaches in the Bible. Did you know that? And I'll tell you how. Uh, a good parable is a story that the listener can relate to. A good parable is a story that not only can the, the listener relate to, but they can imagine themselves being a part of it. So oftentimes, because of the audience that Jesus was preaching to, and the audience that he was preaching to was first century people who lived in Palestine for the most part, and some of the things that, that, that they were, we have in common, they were, they were a more rural agrarian society as well, which is why you'll discover in this coming year that uh, many of Jesus' parables had to do, were, were farming stories, because people could relate to these stories better. Um, today's parable is a farm story. Before we get into that, um, I want to I say something about parables that I think will help you, not just today, but all throughout the year, because this is what we're going to be doing this year here at Prayer Bible. We're going to be looking at all of Jesus' parables. And something that you can know about parables, a truth that you can know about all parables, is this. Um, parables can either 
reveal or conceal a message. And whether it reveals or conceals depends on the person who's hearing it, the condition of their heart. So this is what a, a truth about most human beings. Most human beings go throughout their lives um, not looking for the truth. You know what most human beings do? Most of us human beings go throughout life looking for truth that fits into our worldview. Our preconceived notions of what the truth is. That's just what human beings do. Now I say that to you because if that's the attitude with which you approach the parables, there's a real good chance you're going to miss God's truth, the truth that is intended to apply to your life. If your attitude as you, as you look at this parable for today is, I'm only going to listen to that which uh, uh, justifies my preconceived notions, you're going to miss something that you need to hear. Don't do that. Let your heart be open to the Holy Spirit to speak to you in ways that you need to be spoken to so that you can receive the truth. Because there is such a thing as the truth. It's not my truth. There is the truth, and it is God's truth, and that's what we're going to be looking at. So if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 13, uh, if you're using the church Bibles, that's, uh, we're looking on page 972, I believe. And as you're looking that up, I'll give you a little bit of background or context for the particular uh, parable that we're going to be looking at today. Here in Matthew chapter 13, just uh, as Jesus has already started to draw, he's at a point in his ministry where he's already uh, drawing these huge crowds, which is kind of ironic because he's also at a point in his ministry where he's also, where he has started calling people out. For example, just before this parable, he has called out the Pharisees for basically their arrogance. And I love that about Jesus. He's not afraid to speak truth to power. He's not afraid to speak truth to anybody. The question becomes, are we ready to receive it, just as I alluded to a moment ago? Jesus speaks truth all the time. The question is, are we ready to receive it? So here we find ourselves um, in Matthew chapter 13. Uh, he's got this huge crowd. You'll discover that, um, that there's, there's such a huge crowd that it says right there at the beginning of the passage that he jumps into a boat and just puts off a little bit from shore in order to teach because he's being crowded in so much, right? And as he's out on the, uh, just offshore, just a little way in this boat, he begins to tell this parable, starting at verse 3. He says, He told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. A farmer. Don't get, don't get lost in the details. That's what he's saying here, right? A sower is a farmer. A, a farmer goes out to plant his fields, basically. And some of the seeds that he sows fall along the path, and the birds came along and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they didn't have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. They died. They withered. And since they had no roots, they were gone. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and they grew up, and the thorns choked them, and, and other seeds fell upon the good soil and produced much grain, 
some hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Now, I want you to notice the conclusion to the story. He's just told you a parable. He's told them a parable. And he concludes the story very simply, very authentically, and very Jesus. He says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. No other explanation. Got this huge crowd. And his only explanation to his little uh, farm story is, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So here's my question. What did you hear? It's a simple story. What did you hear? Being a pastor, I know that when, uh, when I preach a story, what people hear, people hear different things. I, I'll have somebody come up to me afterwards and say, oh, pastor, that really spoke to me when you said this. And I go, did I say that? Happens all the time. So people will hear different things. So what do you suppose they heard? I suspect that there were some in the crowd that day that heard the parable and, and began to wrestle with it. They began to think it through and, to, and struggled to understand its deeper meaning. I suspect that there were others in the crowd that day that heard this farm parable and what they heard was, oh my gosh, I've got to get home and do my chores. Right? Because that's what... And I'm going to guess, and this is an educated guess, I'm going to guess that there were others in the crowd that said that was the worst, shallowest sermon I have ever heard. It was short, it was, he didn't explain it. What's the big deal with this guy? Got this big crowd and he, he's a terrible preacher. I'm going to stay home and listen to TV. Preacher next time, right? So, what did you hear? How did this parable interface with you? Well, I'll tell you how the, the disciples received this truth. They, it caused them to ask questions. If you remember last week from Pastor Billy's sermon, um, this was, the, his sermon last week was all about why Jesus um, chose to teach in parables. And this is where it came from. Jesus, it, they said, why, why, are you, why, do you, why are you teaching that way? There's, it's it's hard for some people to, to get what you're meaning, especially if you're not going to explain it to them. And so he explains to them why he teaches in parables. If you don't know, just go and read for yourself. It's right there in the, the middle of, of Matthew chapter 13 again. But he goes from telling them why he teaches in parables and telling, telling stories to um, what the parable means. And you want to know why he went from teaching the why to the what? Listen to me, because this is a big deal. Because they asked. If you don't hear anything else this morning, you need to hear that. If you're confused, if, 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 you, if you're reading your Bible, if you're, if, so ask. It says in, in 
Hebrews chapter 1, I think it's verse 6, it says, um, they, you, they who lack wisdom, let them seek it from the Lord. Let them ask from the Lord, and the Lord will give to all abundantly, if only they would ask. Do you understand that? You see, if you're not understanding something, ask! Don't just go, Arr! That's what we do, most of us do. So, they asked, and he tells them. And you can read it for yourself, uh, but basically what he does is he explains that parable of the sower, or the farmer, like this. He says, um, he says those who, who um, have the, the, the truth, the seeds of the truth stolen from them by the devil, they're kind of like the soil that is like packed down, you know what I mean? Like it's so hard because people have been walking on a path, right? Like a sidewalk. It's so hard that, that the seeds can't penetrate the soil. And the, then the devil comes along and he just steals the truth. And then never even, they never receive the truth at all. Some, some people have soil, the, heart, the soil of their hearts like that. It's so hard that it just it can't penetrate. He says, and then there's some who the soil of their heart is like, um, uh, it's like rocky soil. Like it, the seeds of truth is planted and it grows up immediately because there isn't any depth for the, for the, so it grows up immediately. But as soon as somebody comes along and says, you know, you're stupid for being a Christian. I can't believe you, you buy into that stuff. They go, you know, maybe, maybe I am stupid naive and the truth that they received with joy it just kind of gets scorched by the heat of the persecution kind of and withers away and then there's and then you know the ones have you ever met anybody like this the uh, someone who's um they they receive the the truth but their lives are just so stinking busy. We've got, I've got, oh, I've got to go get, get this done, and I've got all these things on my plate, and and the kids got this running with the kids over there, and and oh man, I had to work eighty hours in the office last. You know what I'm talk, talking about? That 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 they're like they're like the their hearts are like the soil that is infested with thorns and weeds, and it just chokes out the truth. They want it. But they just life just chokes the chokes it out of them, right? And then there are some who who the soil of their heart is like good old Iowa topsoil. You know what I'm talking about? The, the soil of their heart, the seed of the truth gets planted in them, and and they produce produce this harvest, this fruit that that feeds the world, right? You see, you get in the picture, right? Because you're from Iowa, <laughs> right? So let me ask you, what kind of soil are you? Because here's another truth about parables that you need to know. When I ask you that kind of a question, you need to understand that that's exactly where Jesus is ultimately leading you. In this instance, the question is, what kind of soil am I? 
You see, a parable is more than just a, a story that you can relate to because you're from Iowa. A parable is more than just a story that you relate to and it causes you to think more deeply about. A good parable is a story that you can relate to and envision yourself as being a part of that causes you to think more deeply and then causes you to say, but what does that mean to me? What difference is that supposed to make in me? That's a good parable. This is a good parable. The question is, what kind of soil are you? You know what the disciples discovered when, when ultimately they were led to the point of being asked, what kind of soil are you? You know what they discovered? They discovered that there are all kinds of soil. That depending on the day, they're rocky and clay and sometimes they're, they're, they're the, they're the soil of their heart is infested with thorns and, and weeds and probably the only kind of soil that they weren't was so hard that they, they couldn't receive the truth at all. But if you look at the, the story, the the arc of the life of the apostles, you discover that there were times, there were days, and times and different times in every day, that sometimes they were like good old Iowa topsoil, and sometimes they were rocky and clay, filled with clay, and sometimes they were choked out by the thorns and the thistles. I tell you that today to remind you of a very important truth. This, this truth that Jesus wants so desperately to impart to you is a journey. You see, this journey of truth, there will be days on your journey of truth that you take two steps forward and one step back. That's life. There will be days on your journey of truth where it will be easy to get and there'll be other days when it's nothing but hard work. It's like trudging through the mud. There'll be days on this journey of truth when um, it, it'll be joyful. And then there'll be days on this journey of truth when there's nothing but heartache. That's the truth. Here's the truth. The journey is worth it. If you stick with it, the journey and the fruit or the harvest that will be produced through you will be worth it. When I was at, my brother and I, my brother Steve and I got saved about the same time is when we were teenagers. And for the longest time, Steve and I were the only ones in our family living for Jesus. Now when I say that, I don't want to give you the impression that I had a bad family. I had a great family. I had a great childhood. But I'm telling you, 
it's hard when you're a kid. It's hard anytime, actually. It's hard to live for Jesus when you feel like you're the only one living for Jesus. And there were times along the way when, if I was going to just be honest with you, that, there were, that the faith that we had chosen nearly was choked out by the stuff of life. Thankfully, Jesus never gave up on us. And uh, thankfully, we never gave up on Him either. And you know what we discovered? We discovered that one day, this person in the family started living for Jesus. And then that person. And then that person. And then that person. And then one day, about 40 years later, when we turned around, almost all of them are living for Jesus. Isn't that cool? How'd that happen? I don't know how that happened. But I suspect that some of it had to do with the fact that my brother was living for Jesus. And he was producing fruit. And somebody noticed. Every day is a choice. See, here's what you need to know about the parable of the soil. You get to choose what kind of soil you're going to be every day. You get to choose. Am I going to be the kind of soil that is rocky and shallow and gets... Am I going to be the kind that is, that is choked out by the concern? Or am I going to be the Iowa that good old Iowa topsoil. What am I going to be? I get to choose. You get to choose. And some days you're going to choose bad. I know that. But let those days be gone. And some days in the future you're going to choose bad. Don't worry about that. You get to choose today what kind of soil you're going to be, right? Say yes. You do. <laughs> Whether you believe it or not, you get to choose. Today, what kind of soil you're going to be. And the first and most important choice that the seed of truth wants to produce in you is that of salvation. If you've never accepted, if you've never made the choice to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to do that. And don't tell me that, well, I've been going to church my whole life. Don't tell me that. I'm glad you've been going to church your whole life. I simply, God wants to know, have you made the choice to follow Jesus? It's a journey. And it's going to be, some days it'll be two steps forward and one step back. Some days it'll be filled with joy and sometimes it'll be nothing but heartache. Some days it will be you know what I mean. But you get to choose. If you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's very simple. It's not easy, but it is simple. It is confessing that you're a sinner, and you are, and so am I. Asking God to forgive you, and He does. And then inviting Him into your heart to be Lord. 
And He will when you invite Him. If you would like to pray, pray that prayer today, I'd be my privilege as your pastor to pray it with you. You don't need me. You can pray it right there in your seats or go home today and pray it. But if you'd like to pray it with your pastor, right over there, that open door is our prayer room. I'd be my honor to, to pray that prayer of salvation and lordship with you. If there's other things going on in your life that you'd like to pray about, I'll be right over there.